0: Thanks so much for joining me today. Today, the title of my message is Building Your Life on a Lie. Let's acknowledge Jesus, Lord. We thank you and praise you that you want to teach us how to live in your kingdom. We thank you and praise you, Lord, that you are working to do that, that you are just wanting to get um, your revelation knowledge to us so that we can live in your kingdom here and now and represent you, be a witness for you and live in your kingdom when we leave here, of course. We love you, we thank you for revelation knowledge, for teaching us. You said that when two or more are gathered in your name, you are here in the midst of us, so we just acknowledge your presence, we love you, we praise you, we give you all the glory for all the good that you're doing, want to do, and have done in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. God is so good, I'm so in love with him, I just love it when he's constantly giving me revelation knowledge. You know, every day I get up and he gives me a message, and he is just so faithful. You can tell he's thinking about us all the time and wanting to teach us, wanting to teach us how to live in his kingdom, how to live good here and now, and how to be ready for when we leave here, and how to be a witness for him. You know, when we call ourselves Christians, then that means that we're like him, and we've committed to represent him, to be on his side. And he wants to teach us how that, you know, we compromise that and how we let the Lord, uh, the world intimidate us into taking that path that we walked before we even met him. And so I want to read to you what Jesus said in Matthew 7:21. He actually, I'm not going to read all of that, but he said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then he said that um, the ones of us who disregard his commands, he's going to say he didn't know us. And that's a scary thing. And he wants us to know that ahead of time, that when we disregard his command, we're not right with him and we're rejecting him. And on that day, he's going to reject us. So the part he wanted me to talk about today was... um, He said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and driven out demons in your name and did many mighty works in your name? I will say to them openly and publicly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who act wickedly disregarding my commands. And so in reference to that, he's saying, so everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them, obeying them will be like a sensible, prudent, practical, wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it didn't fall because it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a stupid foolish man who built this house upon the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell. great and complete was the fall of it. So what Jesus is saying to us today is we have to build our life on his truth. On the rock is building our life on the truth. And when we, when we start to do that, you know, our intentions are good, but we get intimidated by the world. And, you know, when we read up here, he's talking, you know, the people are saying, Lord, Lord, we did this in your name, we did that in your name. And so they're thinking they're right with God. And Jesus is saying, no, if you disregard my commands, you're not right with me. And so that's what happens. You know, we're thinking we're right with God, but we get intimidated by the world's way of doing. The world has a way of doing, and we get intimidated by that because really we don't want to look peculiar. But Jesus said, you're going to look peculiar when we live by faith, when we live in his kingdom right here on the earth, we're going to look peculiar to the world. But we're not to be intimidated by them. We're to go ahead and look funny. You know, when we we live by what we don't see, we're obviously going to look weird. We're going to look funny. And um, so that's what it takes. And, you know, so much of the time, um, we compromise believing God for something because we look weird. And then, you know, we make it better by saying, well, we can't be just asking God to do things and, you know, that just can't keep asking him. And we just have all kinds of excuses why we don't receive from him. And really what he's saying is we don't receive from him because we compromise and we are to receive him. It glorifies him. He's pleased when we have faith. Jesus said, when you ask whatever you will and it's done, you glorify the Father, proving to be true disciples of his. So he's excited when you receive from him. When you start believing, (coughs) excuse me, when you start believing um, for healing or for new teeth or whatever it is, he's excited because you're living in the kingdom of God. You're living by faith. You're believing something impossible. But then what happens is we're intimidated by the world because they have a way of doing it. And it's too weird of us to believe God. And so we quit and we give up because we're looked down upon actually for believing the impossible. Or we're afraid if something doesn't happen, what will they think of me? And so Jesus is really saying that we're denying him when we don't believe him. And so whatever you're believing God for and you're intimidated by what is, by the world, the world's way of doing, whatever it is, when you're intimidated by that and you quit and give up, He's not pleased. And we're not glorifying the Father and we're not being a witness. We're not being an attraction to Him, for Him, because we've given up. We're not proving His will is good and perfect but we're blending in with the world because we want to be accepted. But what's accepted in the world isn't acceptable in the kingdom of God. And, you know, we read that the other day. We, we discussed that. God was talking to Cain. And he said, if you do what's acceptable, then everything will go well with you. If you don't, sin is waiting at your door and it wants to rule over you. But you are to rule over sin. We are to rule over the enemy. And Jesus tells us all over the word that, you know, we're going to be intimidated by the world. You know, Peter denied Jesus and, you know, he didn't want to, he didn't intend to, but he got intimidated by the world, by the people in the world who live without God. And, you know, Satan is definitely behind all of that. You know, he doesn't want us to believe God and If we're Christians, he wants us to compromise thinking we're Christians and we're not. And we just read that. When we disregard God's command, then um, we're really not a Christian. And on that day, Jesus is going to say, I didn't know you, you who disregard my command. So we have to be really careful not to live a lie, not to live our lives with our house built upon the sand, Suddenly, at any moment, in a blink of an eye, all that can change, and we're going to see the truth. We're going to be seeing that we lived by a lie. I think of the movie The Passion, and I have it in my mind where, where when Jesus finally died, and the thunder happened, and the temple cracked in half, they were just shocked. They were devastated. And suddenly, at that moment, they knew that they were wrong. They knew where they stood in that moment. And when Jesus comes, we're going to have that same knowing. And you're going to know if you lived your whole life built on a lie, on the sand. And at any moment, at any time, that house is just going to collapse. But if you built your house on the Word of God, if you sought Him, you know, Matthew 7, 7 says, keep on seeking. Jesus said, keep on seeking, keep on knocking and that door will be opened unto you. And the revelation of that is to keep on seeking and keep on knocking revelation knowledge, how to live in his kingdom. Keep on seeking God's way of doing and being right. Keep on seeking for information on how to live in his kingdom. And when you do that, you're gonna get the revelation knowledge and you're gonna be building your house on a rock. But too much of the time, what God wants me to tell you today is that we cave, we quit, and we give up because of the pressure put on us by the world. You know, it's not ordinary for one to live by faith in the world's understanding. I mean, there's different levels of faith, and some people would be excited to see if you had a miracle in your life. But Satan sends the ones that are looking down on you. And, you know looking at you like you're believing something silly. And to them, it looks silly, it looks peculiar, and they have a way of doing, and they can't figure out why you don't do it. Why aren't you doing this? This is the way it's done. This is how society is, and you need to fit into that. And if you don't fit into society, you're an outcast. Jesus didn't fit in. He was an outcast. You know, he did things like heal on a Sunday. You know, he did things not according to their way of doing. He did things the way that things are done in heaven. He lived in heaven on the earth, and he called us to do the same thing. Disciples said, how do we pray? They said, what's the greatest thing to do? And he said, to live by faith, live in heaven on the earth. And as we do that, we're witnesses for God. We're representing him. And so he's calling us to do that, to believe for our healing to owe no man nothing but to love him, to live in God's system, his way of doing right here on the earth. I keep thinking of this devotion I read a couple days ago, and I know I shared it already, but, you know, it's someone else's um, thing rather than my own. And this woman was believing God for a car. She's living by the word of God in agreement with the word of God, not to owe any man anything. So she was without a car and she was believing God for a car. And she didn't tell what she was doing meanwhile, but she was saying, "Now oh, it's a necessity to have a car. And I agree with that. It's a necessity to have a car. And so she went five weeks before God actually gave her the car. And, um, You know, God, you know, there's so many things to say about that. And God is good, and he's always going to come through for you when you trust him. And that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to get to know him. Apply the word of God. I always like to, like you apply lotion, apply the word to your life. Actually be a doer of the word, and he's going to come through. But the point I wanted to make is she was being pressured by people around her to just do something about her situation, do something. And she said, gee, I wanted to, you know? I mean, let's, let's go borrow the money and get a car, but then you owe a man something. Then you owe money for that car. And God's best for us is not to owe money for a car, but that he would give us one. And when you don't owe the bank, then you can actually do the thing you were created to do. You can actually focus on the gift that's on the inside of you and give it away. His kingdom is about love. And when you give your gift, it will be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It's really your provisions. Proverbs, your provision proverb says that a man's gift will make room for him. So she's living by the word of God, believing, giving her gift and believing God for the car and not fretting, not stressing out. And then God showed up with that car. And that is how we're to live. And when we don't live that way, we look peculiar. We, when we don't live by the rule of God. You know, actually, when I got this message, was in the middle of the night or mid-early, mid actually early morning, probably. And um, I heard God distinctly say, whose opinion matters? Is it my opinion or someone else's opinion? And he was showing me how we live by another's opinion, we're intimidated by that opinion, and we leave him in the dust. And really, his opinion is the best opinion. He's the good shepherd. He's the one who has good for us, and yet we follow the voice of the enemy instead. We know the word of God. We know we're not to compromise it, but we give in and do it because of the pressure of someone else's opinion or even your own opinion. You know, maybe you, you're saying, well, if you were the girl that would a car, well, that's not fair. I need a car. I need to get to work. I don't need to call anyone. You know, I need to do this. I need to do that. I'm just going to go get my own car. And um, I'm, I'm just thinking about the time that I was asking God for a car. He really gets the dirt out of you. He really cleans you up. And I'm, I guess I'm just going to tell you that story, and I hadn't thought it out or remembered it or anything. So here it comes. And Anyway, um, I had quit my job, and before that, I had a pretty nice car, and I loved that car, and we bought it brand new. Well, we borrowed money to get it, and um, it was getting old, even though it was paid off. Um, It was getting old, and things were going wrong with it, and I didn't have a job to get it fixed, and I did have enough to do the last thing that was wrong with it. And then when that failed, um, it was horrible. We had a little chunk of money, and I trusted my husband to go get another car, and he comes home with this piece of junk, and the guy that um, owned it before didn't take care of it. There's garbage in it, dog hair in it, and I like things to be really, really clean, and I was just beside myself. I couldn't believe he did this. Paid cash for it, and I don't know if I told him to take it back or whatever, I don't know, but... um, so we had this car, and not only that, it was bright blue. I'm just like, and it was actually a Ford Explorer. Same as I had, only mine was sandalwood, and it was clean. And we had it, I don't know, probably at least 20 years, and it was in good condition because we kept it in good condition, and this thing was terrible. Anyway, yeah, I was just crying out to God, you know, and and asking him for a nicer, better... Newer car because I'm doing this for you. I quit my job. I can't do anything about it. And um, I told him, I I felt like he said, First, you have to be okay to drive this blue car. And I did not like what I heard, but I know that he's smarter than I am. And like I told you, he gets the dirt out of you. I mean, he, you know, he gets things out of you, you know, that um, don't bear any fruit. He gets the dead branches out of your life. And really, I kind of felt like he was saying, you're just being a spoiled brat. Clean it up. Clean it up. This is where you're at. And, you know, we're going to move on from here. But first, you got to be okay with this blue car. I did not like what I heard, but I did. And the funny part about the story that I guess um, I like to tell is that I wanted it so clean and it's so stunk. And I took it out in the backyard and I doused the whole inside with laundry soap. And, um, and I started dumping hot water all over it. And I don't know if I hooked up the hose to the hot water in the kitchen to get it out there or what I did, but I got hot water and the thing was steaming and there was puddles on the floor and I was trying to hurry up before my husband got home. And, you know, I made him feel bad about getting that car because all I did is complain about it. And all of a sudden he's standing over my shoulder and he said, why are there puddles on the floor? <laughs> and so I had to tell him what I did and he was really sweet about it and I think just happy that I, um, I was in a place where I was just going to clean the car up and use it. It was so hard not to complain about that car, but I did, it didn't smell too bad. I cleaned it up and then I decided that when I got a new car, I was going to give this car to someone else. And, you know, by that time it wasn't too bad except for the color. And I was able to do that. I was excited. I got another car and I was able to, a nicer, newer car. And I was able to give that car away. And, you know, my husband, you know, he stood behind me. I mean, I quit my job and so he did the best he could do. And then I complained about it. Anyway. Depending on God is really a good thing because he gets the stuff out of your life that doesn't bear any good fruit. We are to serve and love others. And I learned so much by laying my life down and being peculiar and living by faith and instead of living by the pressure of the world, having to keep up with what other people are doing, living like they're living, having things to be the most important thing. we have gods before God, and we don't realize it. And on that day, when we stand before Jesus and everything comes really clear, you know, you're going to see that. I'm glad I knew it ahead of time. And you want to know it ahead of time. And the car wasn't the only God I had. There are other things that um, I put before God, and I didn't realize it. And really, you know what he was saying to me, the reason we get in debt is because we got to have something. And when we, when we work I don't know I was going to this avenue, but when we work so hard to get something and then God asks us to give it, we can't because we work too hard to get it. And it feels like our God, you know, we get it all wrong and we got to figure it out. And we got to figure it out before he gets here. You want to get it started on it before he gets here. So you're not in that temple shocked, you know, it cracked right in half and they were just shocked. They thought they were right. You know, they they thought, you know, I guess that they were right and Jesus was some imposter or something or they just didn't like what he said and they were jealous. Seems like all of the above, they wanted to be right. And that's how the world is. They think they're right and they think that, you know, we got to just take care of ourselves, And, you know, they have the system that they live by. And God is saying, I want to be your God. If you want to live in my kingdom here and now and with me when you leave here, then we got to do things my way. You got to live by my opinion. And so when he woke me up with, you know, that, and he was teaching me too that I was intimidated by the world. And every day he gives me a little bit more of uh, the knowledge of that, that I'm intimidated by what people think. And I got to get rid of that. And, you know, he was showing me that we got, he's got to work that out of me. Stop worrying about what people think and just do what God is telling you to do. And then everything's going to work out for you because you're building your house on a rock and not sand. And, you know, in that moment when the storm comes, your house isn't going to collapse. You're always going to have a safety net over you. You're always going to have God taking care of you. He's always going to be looking out for you. Psalm 91 says, those who make him their most high, you know, they're going to be under his shadow and no harm is going to befall you. There's no foe that God can't withstand. He's the highest of all. His opinion matters. And so we have to live by the word of God, which is his opinion. John 1 one says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God. He is his word. And so when you live by the word of God, you're living by his opinion And if you compromise that, then you're in a place where you're building your house on sand. And then suddenly, in a moment, in the blink of an eye, you're going to see the truth. And it's not going to be a pretty truth. So you want to get on your your face every day and say, God, help me to build my life on rock. Help me to live by faith. You know, so many people get so messed up in what faith is. Faith is believing what you can't see. And so when you're believing God for something, you don't see it right away. You don't get all bent out of shape because you're believing what you can't see. You're believing an impossible thing. And so that's what faith is. You are believing the word of God over the world that you live in, the natural world that you live in. And when you seek God every day, when you keep on seeking, you keep on knocking, you get up you spend time with him every day, you're going to start seeing in the spiritual realm and it's going to happen on the inside of you and you're going to bring it out into the natural realm and then you're going to be a witness for God. That's what God wants you to do. That's what a witness is. You know, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He was showing the love of the Father and God is wanting us to do the same thing. The greatest thing in the kingdom of God is to have faith like a child. And God is calling us to do that, to believe him. The disciples said, who's the greatest in the kingdom of God? And he said, a childlike faith person. These little children, he said, when you have faith like them, that's the thing. That's the greatest thing, to have faith in God, to trust him, to believe him. And that's what God is saying today. Don't deny him. You know, Jesus isn't like just denying people on that day for no reason. They denied him first. We deny him when we live by someone else's opinion other than his. We're just saying, I don't believe you. I'm not going to live in your kingdom. I'm just going to live by what I think or what so-and-so thinks. And I think the world is right, and I'm just not going to believe what it says in here. And if you don't know what it says, it's also your responsibility to find out if you call yourself a Christian. So on that day, when you stand before Jesus, you don't want him to say, away from me. He said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and driven out many demons in your name? And he's going to say to them openly and publicly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who act wickedly, disregarding my commands. Not everyone, verse twenty. Once is not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So we have to do his will. And we have to live by his opinion. And if we don't live by his opinion, we're going to be living by our circumstances. Not by faith, but by our circumstances. What someone else says, you're going to, if you live by that opinion, you're building your house on the sand. And it's going to fall. Sooner or later, it's going to fall. If it doesn't fall here, it's going to fall right before you leave here. And it's probably better off if it falls now so that you can start building your house on the rock. Seek him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. He's in love with you. He's the good shepherd. Don't deny him because he's the one who really cares for you. Satan just pretends to care for you. The world is temporary. What you see is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. If you never ask Jesus to come live on the inside of you and be your God, if you want to build your house on a rock and not the world's way, if you want to build your house on God's opinion and be intimidated by him and not the world, be welcomed into his kingdom where there is love, compassion, and caring for you. Then I just want to encourage you to ask him to come live on the inside of you to be your God in revelation. Jesus said he's knocking at the door of your heart. And so I believe he's doing that right now. And if you ask him to come in, he's going to come in and dine with you. He's going to hang out with you. He's going to teach you his way. He's going to strengthen you and uphold you. And you know, you can ask him to help you to do what he's calling you to do. Help him, ask him to help you to see the truth and walk in it and not compromise. I always ask him to help me do what he's calling me to do and see his way. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. And he's going to open the door. You're going to see. And then you ask him for the power to do it. That's all you really have to do. If you never made him the Lord of your life, I'd love to pray with you right now. All you have to do is say, dear Lord Jesus, come and live on the inside of me. Be my God. I thank you and praise you that you gave up your life so that Your spirit could come and live on the inside of me, so I receive the Holy Spirit now. I thank you that you shed your blood for me so I can be right with the Father. You bore my sickness, disease, my sorrow, my pain. You want to teach me your way, and I just receive you. I commit to you to live in your kingdom, and I thank you that you'll help me to do that. Help me not to compromise, but to, to be faithful, to be as faithful to you as you are to me. Help me not to deny you, By living a lie, but to see your truth. Love you, praise you, give you all the glory in Jesus' name, amen. So, if you said that prayer, He's come and you meant it to live on the inside of you, and He's going to teach you, and you want Him to correct you, you want Him to grow you up, you want Him to show you the truth. And um, when that happens, the enemy is going to bring pressure on you. Jesus explains that in Mark 4. He's going to come and try to steal that good life from you that God wants to give you. But all you have to do is deny him, submit to God, resist the enemy, and he'll leave. God is so in love with you. And if you ask him to come live on the inside of you today, I'd love it so much if you let me know. I have contact information at the end of my video. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening.